square fielder. He's gone to the dogs. Hello. Fred Moran, the Redbone Man. Well, some call me that. Some call me a lot worse things. <laughs> Fred, Steve here. How you doing? Oh, I didn't even reckon I seen the 919 area code. I thought, who's from North Carolina or someone called me from there? Well, now I know who. Yeah, What's well. Oh, nothing much. Nothing much. I... Felt bad, but I didn't have very much time to go to come by. I was in Pennsylvania for all two nights over at Randy's. Yeah, Dandy Randy's. Dandy Randy's. Yeah, and uh, had a nice trip there. And I've got this recorder running. If that's okay with you, that's maybe that's a good story about the last couple episodes that I went up to the mountains to my brothers and hunted with the young fella up there, my buddy uh, Keston Jesse, and I hear somebody's trying to uh, call in, and that's my old buddy down in Alabama. Nothing more. This is Coonhound Central sometimes around here, Fred. I, uh-huh. I know you probably know all about that but anyway I, yeah i i was in the mountains there virginia for a few nights and then i came up to randy's we hunted hey, sir, did he go over slippery rock no no we just hunted right there around around home uh i don't know that i've hunted around slippery rock i do know one time that i it's went all, with it's all level and every farmer wants a coons killed up there <laughs> well that sounds like my kind of place because Definitely where we hunt around his place there, it's not level. <laughs> no, I know it ain't. Uh, one, one of his customers was down here two nights ago hunting with me, and he didn't bring a dog, and he's got a good dog. Yeah. But it is a puppy off of Randy. I told you about it before. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. He had it in six hunts. He won his castle six times. It's a night champion now. And Oh, uh, man, that's awesome. He didn't bring a dog. Him, him, and Bill Lash came down, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, we hunted. Well, they did a little bit of bow hunting. I took them out to a farm uh, where I had permission for them to go on there. I, I don't know no Indians, and I don't do no bow hunting. But uh, <laughs> I just took, they saw, and with fifty bucks. Oh my goodness! And, uh, some of them were pretty darn good. Uh, yeah. uh, we saw one in a bean field. We spotted him with a light. And what we spotted was his horn sticking up above the bean. So <laughs> uh, he couldn't see the deer till we made some noise and he picked his head up a little bit. But yeah. he had a good rack on him. Oh, yeah. And we, we seen, oh, probably, uh, I'm guessing 38 points and probably. Uh, the rest mixed ones anywhere yeah. from 10 point to down to four and spikes and that. But yeah, deer were everywhere that night. We we didn't stay long. There was Zach Kane came over, he brought two dogs out, he took one. Well, that's all I got. And uh, 
so we had them three dogs. We treed two coon that we saw and put one in a brush pile. And uh, mm. we didn't hunt long. There was, well, we had the girl with us. Her name is Carrie Boyd, or right name. I call her the Blonde Bomber. She went with us. Yeah. Uh, Zach Kane is, uh, uh, came, and uh, then me and Randy Fish or Cody Fisher and uh, Bill Lash. Yeah, so you had a good months. group then. Well, speaking about the deer, man, we saw tons of deer over at Randy's. There, oh, you know, your, your got, state's loaded with deer. There's no doubt about it. He's he's got a lot up that way, but yeah, we we have a an awful amount of deer down this way mm-hmm. anymore. The, I think this is the most I've seen. You see a bunch of them. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I hope I see one when I'm looking for one the first day. Well, that's <laughs> it. I I didn't know if your gun season was in yet or not, and I no, before I called you, I thought, well, Fred may be out deer hunting today. So. No, I've been having some health problems for a good while now. Mm. And uh, I got to go for blood work, and um, I'm going to go Monday morning. And when I get to blood work, I'm going to go to Indiana. Me and my kids, we usually go there every year. Awesome. A guy I I buy dog boxes off from out there. He owns a lot of property, and we do pretty darn good out there. Mm. Deer hunt. We we just hunt for two days, a day and a half actually, a Saturday. And half a day Sunday we come home, but we we have a good enough time in a day and a half. And uh, last year was the first year we ever got skunk. We saw deer, but I mean we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't bring one home uh, last year. But uh, uh, my kid usually gets one or two coyotes and and yeah. his deer all the time. Well, I bet they appreciate him shooting those coyotes. Oh, plenty of them out there. We we run into two guys when uh, Cody and uh, Fisher and uh, Bill Ashford down two nights ago. We run into guys out calling coyotes with a caller. Mm-hmm. And I know the one boy because he hunts with me occasionally. He don't have coon dogs, but he, he likes to go. And they got three coyotes that night uh, that we were on the other hill from them. And when they heard our dogs, they got out of there and went to another place. Well, this uh, friend of mine, Keston Jesse, there in Young Man in Virginia, used to be into that really big time. And he's got all the the gadgets, got a really elaborate uh, uh, night, uh, you know, Thermal scope, imaging scope, yeah, and all yeah. that stuff, and yeah, that's it, got it, to be a big time. Yeah, big time. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, you know, I saw you at Autumn Oaks, but we yep. we didn't get to visit very long. You were on the way to the woods. I think you had your dog and your lights and that and light yeah. and all, and you were ready to go. They took us about, I'm guessing, seventy miles north of uh, the club hunting. This this place here had five thousand acres of corn and one, one acre of trees. Oh no! <laughs> and 
<laughs> but we hit we hit Coon in there, but them Coon they they got them sewers in them cornfields. Mm, oh yeah, those drains. Yeah, yeah drain I, The first one went in the sewer and so forth. Uh, mm. The next one, uh, we we finally treated Coon. I I tell you what, this guy was as good as he thought he did, <laughs> and I didn't want to get into an argument with him, so. I was winning the cast at the time, and I went through do my dog. I had a hundred, I think, one hundred and seventy-five points or one hundred and fifty-one. The two, and uh, I was winning the cast. And when we went to the next woods, far as I was concerned, I had first tree there and everything. And I said, "I tell you what, just withdraw my dog." I said, "The one one spectator was there from Tennessee." I says. Here, buddy, here's a leash. Here's $10. Bring that dog back from the tree when you come back. You're going with your buddy with his dog. He said, I won't charge you nothing. He said, I'll bring your dog back. And he did. And uh, I I went back to the truck. They, hmm. I think they saw one coon. I think the guy that won the cast had 175 when he won the cast. So hmm. we didn't. Do too good. Well, uh, that's unfortunate. You know, for so many years that I was involved in that hunt and, and sending casts out, it was a real chore to get that many dogs in the woods. Oh, oh yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, they and, had over 500 there one night, I know. Yeah. You and, think about uh, it, your local club, when you got five dogs and you're calling all your buddies trying <laughs> yeah. to figure, get them in the woods. Well, how do you get 500 in the woods in yeah. one night, you know? Yeah. So, well, uh, uh, where he took us, like I say, there's no question in my mind there's coon there. But uh, I didn't. Uh, there was too much corn there. I sure had hate to combine all that corn and so forth. Man, that was plenty of it. Of course, you know, they're in there. and uh, But the sewers had a lot to do with it and very few trees, there, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, hey, well, you know, I've that, had worse. I've had worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's a lot of fun to go to the bigger hunts. Uh, this subject came up in my mind here just this week. And, you know, when I was with PKC, I always enjoyed, but of course it was my job, but I enjoyed going down to Aurora, Kentucky for the World Hunt and Super Stakes. The grind, but when it was over, I was glad it was over. But the I hadn't seen in years and, and all of that figured real heavily into my evaluation of that uh, you know, of going to Aurora, right. uh, I posted a picture that showed the crowds, and there were tremendous crowds down there at that hunt always. That tennis center was just full of people all the time. I but, was down there one time, one time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's good. I, I, I won the first cast, but I didn't win the Well, that's my story my life. But anyway, what I was going to get at, and I'll, I'll move on, but is that there were some comments to my picture, and some said, well, I wouldn't trade Salem, Illinois for it, and that's where they have it now, and yeah. I get it. If you're going there to win a world hunt and you want to you know, be in coons and you want easier hunting and all that, Salem's definitely better 
than Aurora, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. But if just for the whole experience, you know, of the the, the whole thing, to me, it's all in the perspective that you look at. If you go to Autumn Oaks thinking you got to win it, or you're not going to have a good time, then you're probably <laughs> going to be disappointed, you know. Yep. <laughs> but there's so much else going on, you know, right. the, the people you get to see and all of that. But, yeah, you uh, get to see people you ain't seen for years and stuff yeah, like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people wait for that particular hunt and say, I'm I ain't going no other hunts or Mickey Mouse hunts. I'm going to wait till Automobile yeah, comes. That's yeah. a big one. Yeah. Everybody will be there, and they mm-hmm. they want that. Yeah, and yeah, stuff it's, like that. it's a supermarket for coon hunting gear and all. Yeah, I try not to go around those vendor uh, barns too much because I know I'll just buy something <laughs> Your I don't pa- need. Pockets will be empty. Your that's pockets. right. I don't. I don't need anything like that. You know, I got a light that works good. I've had it. Five or six years, but it you no, know why works so yeah, you don't, don't use it. <laughs> you don't use right. it. <laughs> That's exactly right, Fred. You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I talked to I talked to another buddy of ours, both of ours today, Mark Zepp. I ain't oh, seen boy. him. Yeah. And uh th- there's a guy that makes dog boxes out in Indiana and uh-huh. he makes good ones. And I, I called Mark and give him the guy's number because you know I know he's into dog yeah. supplies and uh-huh. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And yeah. the guy, I gave him the number once before, and he quit making them. But now he's started up again, not big time, but he he got a small quantity there. And I told, give Mark his phone number and everything. I yeah. said, give him a call; he'll take care of you. I said, he ain't far from you. Either. Well, you want to you want to give his name and and number on the line or on the air here? No, so, no. because uh, here's the thing. This guy was big time when I first I met him. Uh-huh. He he makes truck caps is what he does oh, for a livelihood okay. there. But mm-hmm. he out of the scrap material he makes dog boxes. They're nice and they're light. If anybody ever saw one of mine and picked it up, uh you could send your wife or your kid out to put it on the truck. That's you. a good yeah, good yeah. part of it. Mm-hmm. It weighs I think forty Forty five pound or forty seven, yeah. something like that. I know I I bought over a hundred of them off him. And he says his kid runs that part of the business. Uh mm-hmm. he says, but his kid's wife's been awful sick lately and he ain't been devoting no time yeah. to dog boxes mm-hmm. big time. He says uh, he says this as far as Zep getting them, he's only going to get a few, and uh, and the guy only got a few right now. But he's going to get into it bigger after you. he finds yeah. out more about his kid's wife and right. so forth. Well, I'm all about helping a brother along. Anybody living and feed their family, and they're good, honorable people. I, you know, I want to try to support them all I can. Hey, let me ask you that. This is a good, good path to go down uh you've been coon hunting a long time and i'm sure you've used a lot of different lights and all what kind of light do you like right now i use bright eyes okay and uh i've had them all and uh i've had a couple bright eyes not like this this is the latest one they haven't and i like it it's powerful there's no question about that and mm-hmm. uh uh 
I still remember the old days when we wheat light was our main light. Oh, never, yeah. I I remember the year uh, in '82. I went to clear down to Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and uh, and run in the ACHA World Hunt. I got lucky down there, got fifth place. But I'll tell you what, I felt uh, after I left that country, if I had a better light, all I had then was a wheat light. They were just starting to come out with some of the good lights then. But I didn't have one. Uh, them wheat lights, uh, they couldn't get up half them trees down there. <laughs> they had monster trees. I yeah. felt if I had a good light, I'd have found uh, a coon or two more. Yeah. But uh, uh, like I say, them trees, you could put your truck up in there and not find it. But, Did you uh, ever try what they called the hot light, where you overpowered that four-volt bulb with a six-volt battery? You talking about on the on the wheat light? Yeah, use a yeah. wheat light head, uh, yeah, but, but yeah. use a six volt battery. Right, uh, usually a night light. They had that rheostat on them. Yeah, yeah. I I I had one of them. Uh, like I say, all of them worked, but some naturally were better than others. But uh, right now, I've been using that bright eyes. Yeah. It's working fine for me. It's it's powerful, I'll tell you that. And uh, there's two of the guys that hunt with me. That's what they use. Uh, Patty, she's, I forget what kind she got, but it's a good one. It's powerful. I know that. It's a, it ain't big. I can't stand to wear a, hat, a light on my head. I, I just wear them on their head and so forth. Uh, I just put mine over my shoulder and I use my hand to hold it up and so forth. But uh, uh, well, like I, I think a lot of the older hunters tend to do that. I know Nubbin, my buddy there, he does that. He doesn't uh -huh. wear a, 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 a headlight, you know. And uh, do, do you use one of those little harnesses that you can uh, with the wheat lights? They made them. I don't know if they make them that'll fit these newer lights or not but there was like a little necklace thing that you could put strap or put around your neck and you could clip your light ahead where it kind of rested right on your chest i've seen them but i've never used never used one, one. yeah no nah. but uh like i say uh i just throw it over his shoulder and so forth mm -hmm. and uh uh but uh they're they're good light uh, i haven't had no trouble with mine i guess I've had it probably maybe maybe close to two years now. Yeah. So it, it, it seems to me right. It should last for a good while. Yet. Oh, yeah. Well, I really don't need a new light. I, I use this K-Light Zoom, and you can adjust the head from, a wide, from wide down to a real small spot. And it's worked good for me. I haven't had a minute's trouble with it, really. Uh, the, there's a walking module on it, a little separate walking light on it, and sometimes that thing flickers a little bit, but I, I don't know what the problem is. But I've thought about getting a new light, but there's so many of them out there, and I think they're all pretty much the same anymore. Not too much different. Not yeah, too much. Uh -huh. I do like that they're... Um, uh, I forget what you call it. They have them on scopes on rifles too. That uh, uh, little dot. Yeah. Uh, what the heck's it called? Uh, you mean a scope? 
or are you talking about no. a light? For, oh, a no, laser. It, it's it's yeah, on the laser. light. Yeah, a laser. Like, yeah, the laser light. Yeah. That's, I like that. When you, you know, say, here he is here. Absolutely. You put that on. Yeah. I, I do like that. That's a good feature. It, it really uh, is. And when you're trying to show somebody the coon, you know, pop yeah. right there it is. And, yeah, I know my friend. Uh, well, these all these guys that I hunt with are, are more cutting edge than I am anymore. But, but <laughs> I tell people laughingly, but it's true, they, they'd revoke my coon hunter card if, <laughs> if they knew how little I was using. <laughs> but man, I still love to go and I still love the sport and, uh, and all. But, uh, yeah, uh, Ray, hey, Con- uh, uh, how ahead. long ago was, how long ago was you at Randy's? Oh, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, oh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you'd have went last week, you'd probably got a little snow yeah, up there where they he did, was. they did have. I, I was telling him he sent me a picture there, and it was snow all over his patio. He, yeah. built, he built this really nice outdoor patio, and it's got a big timber frame like roof on it i told him it looks like it belongs in a state park somewhere but Um, he and when you go there if he knows you're coming there's going to be something out there on that uh on that grill on that fireplace or whatever he's got a big fire pit and he cooks a lot of stuff open fire over that and then anyway but there's always something to eat and it was beautiful when we well it was a little rainy uh my entire trip i had light rain and uh-huh. one night in virginia it did get rained out but anyway no it was beautiful weather when we were there but it uh it didn't it wasn't long after i left that it got colder yeah well, do you have snow not, yet yeah we, well just enough to cover the ground but north of here just maybe 20 miles uh, well, Bill and them, when they it was down two days ago, they's place. He's 175 miles from me, and he says uh, last 30 miles they finally got out of the snow. It wasn't a lot, just enough to cover the ground, and that. But up, up on I've seen on TV in certain parts they had two or three inches, you know, in the in the state up north. But uh, back home uh, we yeah. used to always say it was enough to track rabbit, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this Cody Fisher, he's he's a state trooper now, and he's up in the northern part of Pennsylvania, Cowdersport. He's in some rough country. You don't want to coon hunt too much up there. It's it's steep and deep, and uh, mm-hmm. it's some rough country. I treat I treat bear up that way when I was coon hunting back in the sixties. With yeah. the dogs, uh, I didn't start out for bear, but the dogs treat free uh, that night. No man. And, <laughs> well, but, uh, you know, when I went up to Erie, Pennsylvania, one time uh-huh. for Blue Tick Days, and that was my UKC days, and dogs got into Porky's pretty bad up there. We had several that came in quills out. Well. Uh, up uh, our place, you don't see porcupines here now. Well, you do now. We never had them before. Yeah. Uh, our, my coon club uh, 
uh, Laurel Highlands. Uh, that's only 14 miles from my house. We were having a meeting one day, and somebody looked out the window, and there's some porcupine going across the uh, lawn. How many times? And we never had them before down this far. And uh, since that time, I know two or three guys that killed them or seen them and so forth. And uh, uh, Yeah, this place there, too. Uh, they, he's seen oh, I some know there. he would have them up where he's at, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. And, sure. uh, but, uh, like I say, uh, we, we don't have many, but we're starting to get them and, uh, we've, we never had fisher before, but we got them everywhere. I've treated, uh, them a couple of times with yeah. the dogs. Well, I had, uh, a video, a friend sent me from over around Homer, PA, and uh, there was a fisher there across the road or ran down the road. Whatever. Uh, I've never seen a fisher well, in the they, wild, you know. I'll tell you what, they, they can put up a fight. Yeah. Uh, I got, yeah. Uh, there's a guy from our coon club. He's he's passed now, but he told me he treated one with his dogs one night, and he shot it out. He said it whipped two dogs and got away and got in a hole in the ground. He mm. said, but them dogs couldn't do nothing with it. <laughs> uh, I treated one with the dogs where I used to live. I never expected a fisher to be in that area there. And uh, it's just a little bit of farms and that's it. Uh, and here I run into a guy, he trapped that woods a lot. And I said, you ever see a fisher in here? He says, oh, yeah. He said, I got him on trail camera. He said, there's a lot in here. Well, I only treed that one. In fact, that, that night I treated it. I thought the dogs were running something. I knew it wasn't a coon. And the way they run it, I had my grandson with me. He was only about 16 or so at that time. And uh, I said, hey, them dogs, I think, are bumping a deer. I said, you go up at the edge of this woods by the field. I'll go down the lower part. Whichever one you grab, I said, they come through, grab them, and beat the hell out of them because I want to get them broke off of whatever they're running. I figured they would run the deer. Well, they came my way, and just as they almost got within maybe 50 yards of me, they made a U-turn, went straight back, and they treed. I thought, hot dog, I, they finally got treated. I figured they got a bobcat or something. Well, my grandson, where he was, he started in, and he beat me to the tree. And he he came back and met me. He said, they got something. I didn't know what he was talking about. Well, as soon as I got in there, I seen what it was. And he's jumping from limb to limb. I'm yeah. sure he's going to yeah. bail out on on the dogs. And uh, But anyhow, uh, uh, I never expected one there uh, in that territory there before. Since that time, I know a couple other guys have treated one in that woods. Uh, uh, they hey, they seem to multiply, and uh, most guys are, are convinced that the big ones will kill coon and uh, have no problem hmm. being nasty animals to yeah. deal with. Yeah, well, you know, that brings up uh, uh, to mind the fact that I've seen some dogs over the last few years that are really good coon dogs, and they got all the tools. 
but they don't have any grit. Now, grit used to be something that we look for in a dog. We wanted a dog to be gritty. We wanted him <laughs> to be able to kill a big coon and all this stuff. But that there's a lot. Well, I don't say a lot, but there there are dogs out there now that true running tree coons and do a heck of a job at it that don't care anything about fighting a coon. Well, do you that's see that at true. all? No, not too much. Uh, yeah, and I'm not bragging on the breed. I always felt red dogs were pretty good as far as a mm-hmm. kill dog and mm-hmm. so forth. Most mm. of them, not all of yeah. them, and uh, they they had the grit that uh, yeah. you're looking for. And so well, forth. I, you Majority. know, it was my it was my uh, upbringing. My dad had cur dogs as a kid, and they apparently, you know, were, were pretty much. And then my dad getting the plot breed, and they, as far as gamey dogs and dogs that like to hunt, you know, for the kill, uh, they were you know, about as tough as you'd find at that time. There used to be a guy up here, he had a plot dog. I don't know if he was registered or not. And this was all back in the 50s. But he was a good dog. He was a heck of a dog. Well, that guy, when that dog died, that guy might as well have died. He quit after that. Yeah. Uh, he, He felt he could never replace that dog. And he was uh, a notch above uh, the best, and uh, uh, that was the best plot I ever hunted with. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he got him or what, but I used to hunt with him as much as I could because he yeah. had a better dog than I had, and I figured mine will learn something from him. But uh, I can well, uh there's yeah, that's nobody. just one of the things that's gone by, I think, in hounds over the years. <laughs> you know, I mean, we could get into a deep can of worms here, but those old dog traders scratch their muzzles all up so they'd look <laughs> like they'd been fighting. Yeah, they were fighters. They were, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It, usually if they had them slits in the ears, it was from dog fights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about it. You were hunting a red bone female at Autumn Oaks, right? I, I still got her. Uh, uh, yeah. I, in fact, that's the only dog I have right now. Boy, uh, she's a pretty uh, thing, Red. Uh, she, uh, she, she, her, as far as I'm concerned, she got a good mouth. She's a heck of a tree dog. Mm-hmm. I've had plenty offers for her. I bet. Uh, and I I told two of the guys, I said, if I sell her, then I'd be looking. And I ain't mm-hmm. going through that again. Well, I said, I'm, I'm going through that as I try to mentor my buddy there, Keston. Now, he's been hunting for quite a while, but he's uh-huh. got a lot of questions for the old man. But I notice that the longer he hunts, the fewer the questions are coming and the more, more <laughs> of the— He's learning more. He, he's, he's, learning. he's learning more and— He's not much to give advice, you know. He he's a pretty polite guy, but I noticed that the old man is not the source of information to him that, that I once was, because he's got a lot of it figured out himself. But uh, you know, they've been after him to buy his dog, and yeah. uh, you know. And I told him, I said, "Well, Keston." You know, you might look up and find another one that you like as well, but you might spend that money and and that much more trying to find you will. one. You, you will. <laughs> I know. I know that how that works. You you might make a good profit, but you and uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, 
I remember uh, years ago when my best dog died, uh, and that was uh, just, he was old, developed different symptoms and that. But when I start looking, I think I tried over 70 dogs before I bought one to keep. Now, don't get me wrong. A couple of them I bought because I felt they were well worth the money and I could sell them and make a little money off them. But to buy one to keep for myself, I went over 70-some dogs. My wife used to say, I'd be in Kentucky one week, Alabama the next week, Tennessee, wherever I heard of one that I thought the guy was telling the truth, and I'd be making a trip, and 90% of them trips or 95% were for nothing. So I know how that goes. Uh, a guy just told me a couple days ago about a dog he went to try, and it was down in your old country, West Virginia. He said, that was five hours down to there. I said, if you'd have told me who had it, I would have saved you a trip because <laughs> I know that guy ain't going to have nothing that's going to suit you. Uh, and, I got to tell you a little quick a- story, Fred. And <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've told this on a podcast before because I've – Golly, I've recorded well over 200 podcasts so far. Mm-hmm. It can't, can't, it doesn't seem possible that that's, that I have, but I, I'm sure some of these stories have, are getting uh, worn at the edges. But uh, there was a guy in our hometown there that, I don't know, did you ever meet a coon hunter in southern West Virginia named Leo Lars? What's the last name? Law- he was Not a railroad man. Not that he, I can remember. He a big fellow, worked on the railroad, always kept a coon dog. He'd go looking for one. He's kind of like you. He'd, he'd find a good one, you know. Uh, but he told me one time, he said, I read an ad in the local paper in the classifieds. A guy said, coon dog for sale. And he gave the guy's name and uh, a little – it's not really community, but a little area on the outskirts of our town called Gray Flat. And he drove out and he pulled up to this place. He had it was back on one of those old strip mine jobs, and there was a, a tar paper, what we call a tar paper shack. You know what that is, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> we we have a mere president. Yeah. And he went up and he knocked on the door. And uh, the fella come to came to the door, and he said, uh, introduced himself, and he said, I understand you have a coon dog for sale. And he said the guy kind of talked through his nose, kind of funny, and he said, hey, on, buddy, I got 26 coon dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, first, first, not to interrupt you, but the first thing you ask, you don't ask if you got, you ask, do you have a coon dog or a coon hound? <laughs> right. There is, and if they don't know the difference, tell them there is a difference. Oh, yeah. Well, that was uh, when I had the fella on that talked about Cass Walker. Uh-huh. I did an episode on that. Hey, you, you were down in that kind of on television and oh, saw yeah. the coon dog. Yeah. And saw the coon dog. <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't believe that when I seen that. Yeah. Well, 
you know, my family, we would go to, to Nashville area to, to my grandmother's, and uh-huh. we'd stop off in around Knoxville, Oak Ridge, uh, to visit my dad's sister and her family, my cousins and all. And I remember staying over and seeing Cass Walker on TV in the morning. He came on like 5 o'clock in the morning or something, you know. Well, I did a whole episode on Cass Walker, and I had a gen- He also was his driver of his car uh-huh. to drive him around. He owned several supermarkets. Right, yeah. But, but anyway. that I know of. Oh, yeah. And he told the story and of the how. And radio, the radio station, yeah. Oh, yeah, too. absolutely, yeah. And uh, TV, you know, he'd bring, if he caught two or three coons the night before, he'd bring them in there and throw them down on the floor in the TV studio. <laughs> But anyway, this guy was telling about how Cass would do that about selling a dog. And he put this real pretty dog right up near the front. And the guys would come in and they'd say, how much for this one, Mr. Walker? Oh, no, that's my personal dog right there. He's not for sale. And they'd go on back through and they'd look at all these dogs and they'd eventually get back up around (laughs) That pretty one, you know, and and it, the deal was that he'd go ahead and sell them that pretty one for a real high price, but he'd tell them that you know if they did it didn't suit him, they could bring it back and trade for any dog he had in the barn. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> so I he'd did. already outpriced anything he had in the barn. Which one they bought if they brought him back? I, I bought a I bought a red dog from a guy in Tennessee one time, and he swears that's where it came from, Cass Walker. Mm-hmm. Whether it did or not, I don't know. But I called the dog Rat, and uh, he was a good dog. Uh, yeah. Uh, and regardless of where he came from, and I don't know, but I liked him. I don't know. I don't remember what I did with him. I mm-hmm. I kept him longer than usual. I know that, and that's all yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. So I, it means there was something in him that I liked. Mm-hmm. But uh, I yeah. went several of our club hunts at that time with him and stuff like yeah. that. But I never took him to nothing big or anything. But, right. Uh, but he supposed he came from Cass Walker. Well, Cass was a coon hunter. Yeah, Cass was a coon hunter. He did most oh, yeah. of his hunting down in North Georgia, I think, because uh-huh. uh, that, that hunting really was, I imagine it still is, pretty poor there around Knoxville. Uh, right. But he, he came out, I think, out of eastern Kentucky and uh, – you know, it, it's it's not good coon hunting around there. It, it, I, let's put it this way. It used to be that way. I don't know what it is like now. but Well, I've been down in that country. I didn't hunt. Uh, I, one guy I tried a dog off of down in that country. But I thought to myself, I'm sure glad I don't live down here to go hunt. Because mm. we got steep hills, but some of them were really oh, steep. Oh, my and, goodness. When I go you, down to visit uh, the Smokies or go to Gatlinburg or, Do- or, or yeah. Pigeon Forge or anywhere, and go, you drive through that Smoky Mountain uh, nations, running bare in the, the highest peaks and dropped over into Tennessee. And those guys <laughs> followed on foot. Yes, they were. I, when, I, when I was a kid— we used to, all us kids loafed in a store right up the street from where I used to live in Duquesne. 
and that, which was a city of about 26,000 population. Well, we all loafed in this. It was a candy store front anyhow, but the guy wrote numbers for a living. And, but he had money. And when he was in the army, he met a girl there. Uh, he was in, he married her and he brought her up to Pennsylvania and that. And every year for vacation, his side, he, he bought a farm down there in Tennessee, down in the little town called New Middleton, Tennessee. It's about, oh, I'd say 40 miles from Lebanon, Tennessee, if that helps you. And he bought a farm down there and let his uh, wife, kin, uh, all the kinfolk, work the farm for him. He'd give him the farm. The only deal is that he got part of the, uh, the crops and so forth like that. That's how it, But he'd go down there every year in the summer, like August or so, and just do do nothing but sit on the porch for about 10 days. That was his vacation. Mm -hmm. and so he, he knew how much crazy I was for hunting in that. He said, I'll take you down there. Well, the first year I went with him, I didn't take no dogs. The second year I went with him, I talked to him and let me, he was no hunter. He, he could care less about hunting. And the second year I talked to him and let me take to one of the better red dogs I ever owned at that time. I called him Lee. And, uh, anyhow, mm -hmm. I took him down there and the one guy, a relative of, uh, this guy that owned the farm, well, his name was Louie that took me down there. Uh, I was all over them hills in the daytime shooting groundhogs, crows, anything I could shoot uh, down there. <laughs> In fact, I, I killed my first rattlesnake that I ever saw was down there. It was curled up in a rock pile, and I couldn't see uh -uh. its head or its tail, but I, I knew that was a snake. That bullet ricocheted. It might come back and hit me, but I thought I'm going to take a chance. <laughs> I shot this. I shot the snake, and I hit him. Just a, I didn't know what part of the body it was, but it was in about the middle of him. He was about oh two two and a half foot long, and here I got the gun barrel and I started pulling him out a little bit, and I I seen that head. I knew it was a poisonous snake. Soon as I seen that head, and then here the tail came out, and they, he had eight rattles and a button on him, and it was a rattlesnake and. Uh, I kept on teasing with the gun barrel. I wanted to see what that venom looked like on the barrel and so forth. And <laughs> you might find I, out what it looked like on your leg. <laughs> well, no, I, I I was careful there. And he, he couldn't strike at me. He wanted to, but he couldn't because that bullet cut him almost in half uh, where mm. I shot him at. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't curl up to the str uh, strike in that. But I took him back to the... Uh, house there, took them all the way back, showed them. They, and later on that night, when the boy went up to get the cows to bring them in to run up there, but by the time mm. we got up there, it went in a big brush pile. We let the brush pile on fire, but we, uh, we don't know if we cooked them or not. And uh, But when I went coon hunting and that night, or it was the next night, the one guy I talked to him into going, he, I still remember what he said. He says, 
I didn't say I ain't a going, but it's a dangerous out there. He mean the, the stakes. <laughs> it's a dangerous, uh, huh? Yeah. He, <laughs> we left the house and walked up a path, and the dog took off, and I had the light on the dog. I thought, what the heck's wrong with him? I walk up there. I don't see nothing. Uh, I felt it was a snake, but I never saw nothing. Mm -hmm. He did that two more times up that path, and it got me scared. I brought the dog and put him back on the leash because that was the best dog I've had in a long time, and uh, he was number one in my book. But uh, I put, I didn't go hunting the rest of the time down there coon hunting. I was afraid of them snakes. Well, every, everybody don't realize snakes feed at night, and they'll uh, eat in daytime if they catch something, but they, that's when they move is at nighttime, and people, some of my buddies never thought snakes go out at night. So, but uh, uh I well, there's. Uh, I think it was Charlie Pride that had that song, "The Snakes Crawl at Night." Well, that's they what do. they say. They do. <laughs> I've had two two dogs bit by snakes, mm -hmm. uh, poisonous yeah. snakes. Uh, they were copperheads, and um, you know, I I've uh, hunted all over the country. Been fortunate to be able to do that. The most snakes I ever saw anywhere was when I lived in West Texas. Out in San Angelo, it's kind of semi-desert. You go around those cattle ranches and all, and they call a pond, what we would call a pond that dug out in the, uh -huh. in the earth. They call that a tank, uh, a stock tank. And when I, and when I first went there, they said, well, we're going over here to this tank and turn loose. Well, we get there and I don't, I'm looking for a metal, uh, uh, you know, like a big, Container. Container, like. thank you. But it, that's what they call a pond, a farm, those ponds, or they'd lay in a cow path. I guess they're waiting for a rabbit to come along or something, you know. Mm -hmm. But saw lots of them. But, you know, when I was a younger man, that didn't bother me at all. <laughs> After I moved down here to Florida and I started going out in the dogswood tree and you'd have to go through one of these palmetto thickets. I don't know if you've ever been in Palmettos. Yeah, or not, you know. I, I've hunted in Florida. Yeah, yeah, they're long, sharp, kind of look like a yucca plant or something. They're like a fan. They come out and they rattle as you go through them. But those rattlesnakes like to lay in those palmetto thickets, too. So Ooh. I always, when I go through that kind of stuff down here, I'm always in the back of my mind thinking, you know, old, old no shoulders may be laying there waiting for me. I got these <laughs> tender white chicken legs here. I mean, they want I, a big uh, bite. I was out in uh, Wyoming when you're uh, deer hunting, antelope hunting. And it, it's always October that we go out there. And it's usually, it gets pretty warm some of them days mm -hmm. in that. And I'm coming down this year, they call them coolies. And if you look in the bottom, a lot of them deer, uh, mule deer, will crawl under uh, rock ledges and just lay there out. Uh, they're not in the sun and it's cool. And uh, that's how you get your deer. And I hear this here uh, little buzzing noise right in front of me. And to me, it sounds like uh, I'm sure you've heard them 
grasshoppers, how, how they make a noise when they take off. And that's what I thought it was. Growing Ooh, up, boy. He was a little one, though. He was a little one. And he had got me sure as heck because he uh, he was in my next step. Yeah, he well, was warning you. On me and but, I pulled yeah. it out and I shot him. And uh, But that's the only two rattlesnakes I ever got was that one in Tennessee and the one in, in Wyoming. But uh, I was at a night hunt in Paducah, Kentucky, and I'll never forget that. And Probably Redbone Days. It was. It was. Well, they it was on Fourth of July. Of, it was some, yep, some kind <laughs> of Quonset hot And day. it was hotter than <laughs> the hubs of, Fred Miller used to say, the hubs <laughs> of hell. <laughs> well, uh, anyhow, I was in the I was red, there, Fred. I, I was remember. in the all red bone hunt, and I had the gold dog in. And he, he, not bragging, but he put on a show. He he did a good job, and I won the uh, the all red bone part. But anyhow, he treed out in a pond, a big pond, and none of the other dogs went with him. Uh, they were running along the bank, barking. I didn't know he was in water. He had to swim at least 50 yards to the tree where he treed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but this water was... Uh, I figure there's moccasins down there, and I figure I heard stories how they'll they'll come after your light and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how true it is. They're aggressive, or they can be. Me, yeah. the me, the judge, and I think there was at least at least fifteen people on that cast, but four of us went to the dog, and I had a wheat light then at that time. My wheat light needed charge, and it was about to burn out. The first time I shined my light up there, I caught his eye. So I knew where to look. So I told them other guys, all you come around me. I said, I'm going to show you the coon right off the bat. And fortunately, I shined the light up. I'd keep my light off and let it charge up a little bit for a couple minutes. And I turned it on. Fortunately, everybody got to see the coon. So I got the dog and I won the hunt. But I kept I shine my light all the way across that pond for what it was worth, because I figured snakes going to be swimming across there any second. Now. That was so miserable. I didn't take my wallet out of the pocket to hold, let somebody hold it. It stunk so bad from in that water and everything. <laughs> the next day, uh, that was really something. Yeah, I, yeah, I was there, um, and uh, I remember that hunt really well. Uh, for some personal reasons, my uh, former wife's family, her mother, uh, passed while I was attending that hunt, and I ended uh-huh. up having to leave there and go to Florida. But um, so, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right, that metal corrugated, yeah, half, yep. yeah. <laughs> It was they, hot. They had Redbone Day there twice. Man, uh, it I was went, hot I don't down remember there. what year I was there, but it, I know it's, I'd say, 80s. Uh, it was in 80s. the 80s, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe mid-80s or so. And, and, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I, I had to uh, bring in that up. I had listened to this story here. 
the guy, one of the guys in my cast was named uh, Walker, and he was from Florida. He used to advertise Red Dogs and stud that once in a while. I think his first name was Billy, I'm pretty sure. Well, his his daughter was in the cast with her. Her uncle was running the Red Dog against me, and I don't remember the other two guys. And anyhow, I'm not bragging, but go put on a show that night and look super good. And mm-hmm. uh, so Christmas time, I get a phone call. It was in December. I know that. And uh, she says, uh, I forget her first name. We'll say her name was Susie. She said, I'm Susie Walker. Do you remember me? I said, no. She said, I was in your cast down in Paducah, Kentucky. I says, I remember a young girl in the cast now. I says, you're only about 15, ain't you? She says, yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, she says, I want to know if you'd sell that gold dog. I said, no, I don't want to sell him. She says, do you have anything uh, as good as him for sale? I said, I got a dog for sale, but a tree, a lot of coon. She says, what do you want for it? I said, $3,000. She says, well, I'm going to buy the dog for my dad for Christmas. I says, I'm not being a smart uh, aleck or anything, but where is a girl 15 years old going to get (laughs) $3,000? And she says, I got most of the money, and what I don't have, my mother will help me out on. <laughs> by, by darn, they bought the dog off of me. And I didn't hear a thing from them until Christmas Day. And they called me up on the phone. I, airlines took them down. There was no dog haulers then. And right. anyhow, they called me Christmas Day. Wish me a Merry Christmas. They said the dog's doing terrific. And they just came in from coon hunting. They did their hunting in the daytime. And they got yeah. five coon with that dog. Wow. And uh, they advertised him at stud and everything else. I can't remember. I'd have to look at my book to remember his <laughs> name. And, but they advertised him at stud. And then they bought another dog off me. I remember the dog's name, Jimbo, uh, was the second dog. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, undoubtedly, they don't coon hunt anymore because I haven't heard from them for years. But uh, they were strong there for three or four years and then faded it out like a lot of Yeah, them. well, there used to be a lot of coon hunters in Florida, but uh, they've kind of dwindled down now. Uh, I forget what town they lived in. I I have it in my book where I mark it down, but I mm-hmm. I just don't remember offhand where it was. And I got to thinking they come a long way when they came to Paducah to make that hunt close oh, to yeah. Florida. Well, that they would give an award to the person that traveled the farthest yeah. to plot yeah. days, right. and there was a guy named John Miller from Tampa, Florida, would win it just about every year. All the time. And yeah. now I realize, because Tampa's only probably 20, <laughs> 25 miles from where I'm sitting right now. If did, that. You, did you ever know a guy down in Florida? Well, he's been everywhere, Kentucky, everywhere, but G.G. Harris. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you knew a character there. That's I guarantee you that. right. Yes, Anything you want to know about Cooper? I uh, think the last time I talked to Gigi Harris was at 
uh, at uh, Aurora, Kentucky, at the PKC World Hunt. Gigi, I think, was on the cast the night that Leroy, uh, not Leroy, but Tim Ball was hunting in the ACHA or AKC. I don't remember which. May have been the NKC world. They had a world hunt down here in Florida. And Tim uh, Ball was in the final cast with a dog called Log Chain Leroy. I remember, remember the that average, advertising <laughs> yeah. the dog. And Gigi was in that cast. I don't know if Gigi is still living. I no, I would no, doubt that dead. he is. He's been dead about five years. But I'm sure, let's be kind here. I'm sure <laughs> he would energize any cast <laughs> that he was in. <laughs> Oh, he was a he was a character. He knew, uh, yeah. he, he he knew everything. Oh, yeah. If you didn't believe it, just ask him. That's right. Now, uh, Wick he, may he, have been the tree dog encyclopedia, but he he was a, he had all the bases covered, didn't he? Yeah, oh, he sure did. I'll tell you what. This guy can tell you more stories. I'll tell uh. you. You know, there was a fella, and I don't know if you and I may have mentioned this on our on our podcast before, but I didn't discover this guy's writing until later on. In fact, I was laying in my bunk in New Mexico on a bear hunt uh, and picked up a copy of this book and started reading it, and it fa- fascinated me. So when I got back home, I ordered a copy from uh, – High Lonesome Books out in Silver City, New Mexico. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with that or not, but uh, no. that they they reprinted a lot of the old hound books and all, and they had quite a. I don't know if they're even. I know the the gentleman his name escapes me right now that uh, ran that that publishing company, but he's passed on. But anyway. This guy's name, he lived here in central Florida, and it's Jones. And he was a cat hunter, and he hunted uh, bobcats with uh, some coon, uh, walker coonhounds, but they were mostly foxhounds or crossbred coonhound foxhounds. He's the best storyteller I've ever read. Fred. I mean, he had some awesome stories and of hunting in areas now are nothing but subdivisions, Disney World and all that stuff down here. But in his day, it was a wild. Nero cut. California uh, Florida yeah. with a, a veterinarian down there. Yeah, he Heminger. Heminger. Yeah, yeah that was grand. And uh, me and my wife went down there and stayed with him. And him and I went coon hunting, and uh, yeah, uh, the first night I went out hunting, he wasn't there. He he came a day later. He gave me the key to his house and everything. And boy, uh, he was he, a trusting soul, wasn't he? Yes, he was. <laughs> and I I thought I ain't going to sit home, uh, sit here at the house watch television. I'm going to find the woods to go hunting. I took a ride out, and I found an orange grove, and I figured there ought to be a coon there. Well, I didn't tree nothing, didn't run nothing there. I got the dogs, and I put them in the truck, and I'm ready to leave, and a car pulls up in this orange grove, 
And a guy probably in his 60s or 70s gets out of the car and a young girl with him, probably I'm saying 18 years old or so, he opened a trunk of car and about five dogs come out of that trunk <laughs> of that car. And I said, what are you hunting? He says, well, I sat there for about 10 minutes to see if any of them dogs opened, but none of them opened. So yeah. I left. I I didn't get nothing that night, and I don't think they did either. But uh, uh, I went back to the house, and the next night, Amager was there, and him and I went hunting. I don't remember what we did. It I think he was, well, I, I'm not sure. Was he a blue he taker? Blue yeah, blue yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, he was well known here in Florida. Of course, this is before I came down. Uh, well, I won't say before. I, probably when I was here in the '60s, he was still here. In this place. Yeah. Well, Florida is a unique place, and and in the winter time, like uh, coming up here now, it it really is a wonderful place to run dogs. Uh, you know, and, and of course, we haven't had a lot of rain, so the swamps aren't all full, and uh, should be fairly good running right now. Of course, the moon's been full, but yeah. I don't have a dog down here right now. My dogs that I co own are in North Carolina and Virginia, uh-huh. so I'm kind of doing a long distance thing. On mo- of course, I've got buddies down here that are after me all the time to to go hunting, but I have to drive an hour to hour and a half to get to the woods. So it, you know, I'm I, and I'm getting lazy, Fred. I, I you know, the, <laughs> uh, I, you're my role model. You're my idol because you're still out there doing it in well, your eighties. You I've I've been having some health problems lately. I've I've had blood work done five times in less than a month and a half. I got to go back Monday get blood work again. I got I got all it's hell to get old. That's all I can tell you. Well, it's a challenge, that's for sure. And the the saying is that it ain't for sissies, and that's for sure too. You know, but uh, but we keep doing what we can do, right? That's all we can. You know, I, I, my can. friend Nubbin Moore, you know, he and I talk about this a lot. We're getting ready to go in about three weeks. We'll be on the White River out there in the oh, big refuge, you know. And, uh, well, and then, how are you going to get any dogs? Are you got to go up to pick your dogs well, up? Well, what, what we'll do is uh, my buddy from Virginia will be bringing them up and overnight and uh, – and that eat all his over. food and and all that, and then we'll head on over there. We usually, but we go always every year. Oh, we're going to hunt. Maybe we'll hunt two or three extra nights this year. Yeah, you know, after you, about five nights, we're worn in the mind, but not in the body. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the, they say the path path to Hades is paved with good intentions. <laughs> so that, that's where we are. Fred, man, it's great to talk to you. We've been at well, it here an hour and almost 10 minutes. And yeah, well, man. We ought to have enough for, for the next podcast. Uh, oh, that's right. We'll, we'll hey, put this we, one. Wait, before I hang oh. up, 
Good Take night, your time. JJ. I want to tell JJ good night because yeah. he misses the All podcast. All right. You, you tell JJ we hope he's doing well, and or I'll, I'll tell him, JJ. All right. Uh, we hope you're well, everything up there in PA. Fred, I hope you get that big buck in Indiana. I'll uh, try. I will. Send me a picture, will you? All right. Okay. Folks, it's always great to have Fred Moran on the podcast. Uh, he really is a an amazing individual, someone that I enjoy. Uh, not only his friendship, but I enjoy his uh, longevity in our sport. He has uh, definitely set the mark for the rest of us. Next week on the Gone to the Dogs podcast, uh, my special guest will be Josh Michaelis. Um, listeners will know Josh from his association with Joy Dog Food. And uh, Josh is an innovator. He's always thinking of uh, new and better. And uh, he's going to be talking about this new Elite Handlers series in which they are ranking uh, the top pro handlers in the country. And uh, we want Josh to tell us all about this new program, and he'll be on on the Gone to the Dogs podcast next week, so don't miss it. It's hunting season all across the country, and if you are in need of anything, uh, these guys can get it to you and get it to you quick. DUHuntingSupply.com. Check them out. You'll be glad you did. Until next time, folks, this is Steve Fielder checking out with you. As always, I'm gone to the dogs. <laughs>